ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. About to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Vortex Optics. Proudly made in the USA, Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to SasquatchFuel.com. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. Hey guys, last in the lineup from the initial ascent booth at the Mountain Dew table from Hunt Expo 2020 with Mr. Brandon Waddell. Before we get in the episode, I'd like to give a huge shout to Dennis and Joe over at Initial Ascent for having me in the booth. And Brandon for giving me the call and telling me that I needed to be there. So appreciate you guys. I can't say it enough. And thank you for everybody for tuning in to the episodes. Uh, try to keep kind of the same theme in value. Uh, what makes up, you know, the hunting industry, if you will, the demographic, uh, the community of hunters is the values, um, the way we live our lives and, and things we uphold. And it was pretty important to me to highlight some of that and get away from, you know, the typical hunting podcast talk, uh, especially at the expo. So hopefully everybody agrees that uh, <laughs> we were successful in doing so. Um, but yeah, again, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen and we'll see you from Hunt Expo 2021. And you guys, please go check out Initial Ascent. Get on initialascent.com. Give the packs a look. Uh, one frame, one suspension, multiple bags, 
from the IA2K to the 6K, um, the day system, phenomenal gear, phenomenal pack system. Give Joe and Dennis a look, go support them. Uh, if you get on the site, you purchase a pack, you use code WCP20, lowercase WCP20, and you'll receive some free goodies with that pack purchase. You get a bow holder, a rifle holder, and a hip belt pouch. So give them a look. Can't say enough about the pack system. Can't say enough about the folks behind the packs. Thank you all again. Enjoy the episode. How you doing, sir? What's up, buddy? How nice you doing, man? You finally, yeah. Bro. Yeah. Great to shake your hand. Glad you're here, man. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm glad you called me and told me I needed to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> so glad, I'm too. This move. That's killer, man. Well, you That's know, awesome. I like what you got going on, and I I couldn't be here to sit and do it this year, and so I felt like you could be a, you, you the man. I you need to do it. it. I appreciate you it. Know? So, Brandon Waddell, Mountain Archery Fest, uh, Wilderness Attitude uh, podcast. Uh, man, yeah, again, the reason I'm sitting in the initial ascent booth told me, you know, I've been talking to Dennis and said, hey, you better make this call because I can't be here. So, I man, I... Appreciate it, and as far as I'm concerned, owe it to you. Uh, you don't owe me nothing. You just try to, you know, when good people in the industry are doing the right things, it's easy to, to fist pump somebody and and at, you know pass on the favor. Pass on. It's it's not a tick for tack deal, right? It's just pass the love on, man. You know, and we all just we stick together, and make it go of this world. You know? Make it a better place. That's right. Make it a better place. I keep saying that, man. I look around. And, and uh, it's it's a reiteration of probably three of these you know fast and furious recordings, but you can look around anywhere in this exhibit hall and re- I mean look at the guy that's walking up, yeah, right? Sid, baby, <laughs> and uh, and realize that we're, we're we're all walking that that common path to something we're passionate about and that we love, man. That's right, and. Uh, yeah, there's not. I'm sure there's some, but there's really no discord in this exhibit hall for the most part. No. Just some solid people, man. Yeah, it, you know, everybody I met in this industry doing podcasting or even just meeting, walking this floor, just talking shop, are they're all great people. You know, I, I mean, I and I've been in some other scenarios where you, you can't say that. Um, but this industry, these people, what's up, Sid? <laughs> Um, Sign the you, table. You just got to love it, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Got Sid Smith on the table. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it's uh, this table's amazing. Um, it was, it, you know, when Dennis and Joe came to me and said, start having people sign this thing that have been on the podcast. And I'm like, I sit here and look at it, and I think it's some of the people who I've got to know um, sitting around this table and some of the stories, um, some of the success, some of the strife. Um some family values, a lot of different things that have been discussed about around this table. It's pretty meaningful. Man. Heck yeah, man. You know, I mean, I get a little soft on the deal. <laughs> well, I, I remember walking through last year, the booth was over there and, you know, I had just started the podcast and I've been following you and listening for a while and, uh, man, I couldn't, I just couldn't find the opportunity, right? You always, I, you don't realize that at the time you always had something going. I was like, oh, I can't bother the guy. Uh, so to, <laughs> so to sit here, <laughs> Like it's like a fanboy thing right yeah, now. Nah, so yeah. I get to sit here and uh, 
somebody that I, when I started, I was looking towards and, right. and had you know respect for and admiration for, and kind of used you as a a tool or a guide as how you ran your podcast and the things you were talking about, and and, and to be able to sit here and do it on my platform is is freaking well, phenomenal. Well, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm honored, man. I'm honored That's to awesome. be here sitting here with you and around this table yeah. and talking to you in this booth. I mean, this booth is epic. I mean, talk about stepping up a notch from last year, man. These guys are, are, it's just a testament to the product that they make. You know, and it's when you look around here and you start thinking that Dennis and Joe touch every pack here. They built every one of these. Yep. Those two men, two, yep, right? I mean, I mean, that's huge. It's awesome. Yeah. I just picked up that 2K. Did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it because that's perfect for podcast gear. Yeah. That's going to be my excuse when I tell my wife I need 250 bucks for the bag. <laughs> yeah. No, it's sweet, man. That panel bag and if you put the foam in there. Oh. Yeah, that I was telling you about that tech pack. Yeah. The tech pack stuff you can cut and build and do stuff with. That's it's killer. The, yeah, with that with the way that panel is is just amazing. Great. Hey man, so so what do you got? What's going on? Well, man, tons. So, what's not? <laughs> yeah, what's not? That's a good one. Um, you know, this year I took a little step back from podcasting. This year had to work on the family business. Um, me and my wife, uh, we needed to kind of regroup on some things. But, you know, family wise, her and I, family business, a lot of things going on there. And um, and then of course, you know, with math kind of gaining a little bit of acceleration off of last year. Um, it's just I I never realized what I was how much time I was gonna have to invest in Mountain Archery Fest and it within stuff at home um, and uh, and it's definitely uh, burning the candle at both ends man yeah you know and trying to get everything lined up for this summer's events and trying to keep the business rock and rolling and. I mean, just to sit down right now, right here is like, Relief. ah, man. So, so that's, what he, and I'm gonna, just, and I'll just spin us and tangent us and take us back in, but that. I'm generalizing, broad stroking. We all want to be in the industry. We all want to be in the hunting industry. It's something that we're passionate about. It's something that we love. But do you don't realize the amount of commitment? of time right yeah. that takes away from her beautiful face that's my wife there her hi, beautiful face hi, hi wife this is Brandon <laughs> um, I, I don't think that any of us realize what it takes and what it takes away from yeah when we step into doing this yeah what, I, I yeah what have you gathered from that and, and how have you found that how do you handle the imbalance because there's no balance I'll tell you what, I think that in hindsight of some things, I think that, uh, you know, when you're when you're so passion driven, you get very selfish and blinded because um, you just you just see through those binoculars in a sense. Right. What you're after and what you want to do. And, and, and it's almost like it never leaves your mind. Right. I mean, you're never really present in what you're doing because you're driving in your brain. I mean, that for me, I, I, I say, let's, yeah, let's rewind. It's me. Um, the same. You know, and you drive so much at it um, that, man, you just, and you're pedal to the metal and you're grinding and, man, it, I didn't look up for two years, three years. I didn't look up. I didn't look around. I lost track of my kids. I lost track of my relationship with my wife. I lost track of a lot of things. And, um, 
and it's uh, it's difficult. I, I, I don't know. I, I tell you that I have better balance now, but I had to take irons out of the fire in order to make it, right. in order to find it. Well, you heard how I said that, right? Yeah. I didn't ask for balance. I said, how do you handle the imbalance? Yeah, the imbalance. That's right. Because <laughs> that's it, really what it is. You know, and even now, there's still a lot of imbalance, right? But, um, you know, some big events have happened to me in the last year and a half, year, and I think that uh, it really was eye-opening for me to realize where I'd taken myself and and how out of balance I was. And so working every day to have a little bit more balance, working every day to be a little bit more mindful that she's sitting here, that she's here, that my kids need me, that my business needed me, you know, and, and trying to remember that first and foremost, that if I take care of those things at home and I take care of those relationships that are the most vital, the most important, that the rest of this stuff tends to balance itself out if if you have any ounce of patience. Right. <laughs> so that's been the other key is, is finding patience, uh, just being a little bit, just being more in the moment. Um, you know, don't be chasing all the shit on Instagram and your buddy and the Johnsons and all that crap and realizing that what you have and what you're doing is valuable. It's good product. People enjoy it. Um, if you're yourself and and people i think more so in the last year are probably more accepted accept it more when you you say peace out i gotta go spend time with my wife peace out i gotta go take care of my kid i'm not you know i can't do this today i'll respond to you tomorrow it's you know and it took a while for me to realize that i didn't have to be 24 24 7 giant on the spot making everything happen and being mr control freak right you know that's a hard it's a hard look right like you said it's passion driven and you want to see it succeed and grow oh more than anything right it's crazy to even take that step back and say i have to focus on you i have to focus on you and what the realization for me is is not it's not taking my wife or my kids for granted and i think and i think we tend to do that as men yeah. right is we take them for granted like hey you're there i'm doing this you're gonna be there and i'm not sure where that i think that realization came in elk season and we were just going 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 chasing elk and my boy checked me we're on top of a mountain and i'm frustrated we're getting our butts kicked and he goes this is amazing look at look at how high we climbed look at where we're at yeah and it was like yeah look at where look at what we accomplished and in that moment i settled back and i go you're you're an idiot you're out here trying to teach this kid and you've lost sight of what is important and it was just it was like the real end right it's like man i'm taking everything around me for granted for that passion driven thing as much as i love it you know, I don't know if anybody can relate to that or if that makes sense, oh, but it I, just translates into everything. It was an eye opener. You know, it it, it, it it just doesn't apply to the hunting. No, this applies to just that whole passion driven of anything. Um, I mean, you can be overly driven in your job. You can be overly driven in drugs or alcohol. You can be overly driven. And there's so many things trying to take your mind away in this world that it's so hard to be just 
slow down and be in that moment and be accountable of where you're at and what you're responsible for. I mean, we're, we're men, we're fathers, we're husbands. We, we have a, our first responsibility is to our wives and our kids, but, but we do, we find ourselves always chasing that elk or chasing that next dream or chasing the better career or chasing all these things. And we forget that we're, we're bring, we have, we have baggage here that has to go through yeah. this with us, right? It's more important. It, it's more important than a lot of that shit we chase. That's it, man. And you know, and it's, but you can't take that out of a man. You can't take that desire, that seed that's in their soul, and you can't take it and just and just take it away. If you do, they're they're dead man walking. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so there's a balance that your wives learn over time too, how they're going to feed that, and what that balance looks like. And so you know, I tend more now to look back at at Callie and say, more often than not now, what do you think? Yeah. Because you know what, I can't balance it. But together, we can we balance can. it. Yep. And she can step in and say, nope. Or, it, you know, and, and a lot of times I used to think, well, I just won't even talk to her about it. I just won't even say nothing. I'll just do what I want to do because that's the only way I'm, that's the only way I can get it. I can do it. Well, that's not true. If I, if I include her, most, 95% of the time, she finds a way for me to still be able to do it. And we find that compromise and that level that works for us and the family and for work and for hunting and for all of it you know I mean I can tell you that I've been rolling down that road for way too long and not trusting that insight and that balance she she is the balance that's a, I chose her to be my partner, and it takes partners to balance. That's right. You know damn well as individuals, me and you can't do it on our own. I'd be a, I'd be a maniac or a wreck. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew you were going to come with the answers on that. Um, so let's lighten it up, man. That was uh, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> that was it, brother. <laughs> so Mountain Archery Fest. Mountain Archery um, Fest. That thing yeah. is, is growing and blowing. It, it's doing its thing. I think it's pretty, pretty organic and going, and, and we're excited about it. Uh, you know, we had two great events last year, and now I can tell you that we went through so much last year just to get those two events off and, and done right and be successful that um, I mean, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have had any luck at all last year. I mean, from weather... And not even weather. Our events were beautiful, but it was all the weather beforehand. I mean, epic snow seasons kind of threw us off and some different things. And then just some other business relations in the very beginning. But um, this year, way more focused, way more in alignment. Got great people behind us. Um, Got, you know... Great friends involved. Um, our board is fantastic. We've got these great venues. Um, I, we're we're stoked. I mean, we're stoked. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, when's the last time you hear anybody say the word stoked? Well, I can tell you, if you if you don't ski, it's been a long time. But if you ski. And you hear it all the time on a mountain. <laughs> Until I started to walk, working with all these mountain managers and all these people, I don't think I can't even remember the last time I heard the word stoked. It had to be sometime in the late '80s or something. I don't know, but now I can't get away from the word because Dealing if you do anything moment. on a mountain, you better be stoked. <laughs> so, 
You got four events this year lined up. We do have four events. Yeah, we got one and we got one up in uh, look at Lookout Pass in Idaho. It's just outside of Wallace, Idaho. Um, that's the first weekend of June, and then we motor. I mean, we got to literally tear down and motor all the way to Los Alamos, New Mexico, to set up for the following weekend, and that's it. Uh, Pajaritos, Los Los. Los Pajaritos. Los, pa, Los, Los Alamos at Pajarito Mountain. Okay. All right. I need a beer. That's a mouthful. I need a beer. <laughs> um, and then that's our. That's the second weekend of June. And then the last weekend of June, we're outside of Beaver at Eagle Point Ski Resort uh, in Utah, in southern Utah. And then our final event is the third weekend of July, and that's in our hometown of Durango, Colorado. And uh, that's going to be we're we're I'm really excited about Idaho and New Mexico because we haven't been there yet. So we're looking forward to the new faces and the new people on the mountain. And um, but we've got an amazing return registration rate going on at, at Beaver and in Durango because we were there at those two last year. Uh, and so yeah, things are cruising along there. We're excited. We've got a lot of great sponsors, lots of good stuff. There, Yeah, the sponsor list grew, and there's some phenomenal companies in there. Yeah. One of the things, is, I gotta, I'm going to razz you a little bit, right? I was looking forward to Arizona last year, and you had the whole fallout. Yeah, literally <laughs> fallout, yeah. Because some of the shots that you have, right, I, I don't know if I've seen any... Any shots on, on you know, the, the 3D events that I've been to that are as unique as some of the stuff you have? Yeah, you know, the the target manufacturer, Kirsch Targets, they have some really amazing targets and, and how they present them on hind leg ones and different things. Um, and so we're able to put up some really cool stuff. Like we got that double sheep shot, uh, which is just, it's, it's an iconic picture in a sense. We really like it. We use it in a lot of our marketing and things like that because it's just a cool shot um you know that shot that we had up at eagle up at eagle point was uh 92 yards i think off the top of this boulder on this black diamond ski run and straight down at these two sheep and i turned one of those sheep to basically you only had about a four inch window i mean they were out in the open but the way the way you turn the target it's about a four inch kill shot to squeak it in there at 92 yards nothing better than losing all the marrows in a week yeah (laughs) but you know that's our cryptic course which you know i kind of designed that cryptic course to be kind of i i I, I say it's stupid because like you have no right making any of those shots on a on a real animal and yeah the practice can help you learn some things and it can help you identify what maybe you're good at or not good at or things you know stuff you should work on but a lot of the distances a lot of the stuff is just you wouldn't make that shot ethically really but you know the rest of our courses um, range from beginner on up and they're good ethical ethical courses and good practice um, and then our, our high highlight this year is going to be our Pope and Young course, which is the 29 North American Slam World Record course. And we've we've got all the antlers and horns recreated. you got this character over here. Got all <laughs> sorts of stuff going on. And uh, with, with that course, it's going to be amazing. So you'll have storyboards. They'll talk about the species, where they're at, how their health is, uh, the shooter, um, you know, how this came about, this world record. And then you're going to duplicate their shot. Oh, wow. And so that's going to, this is just a, an educational course. But I mean, can you imagine that you're going to get to look up and see these amazing animals 
the, the obviously the most the best representation of that species right in front of you and you get to shoot at it I don't know whether that's genius or just creative, but that's that's a genius. I can't. I mean, where'd you come up with that? That's um, you know, it's just I'm real passionate about Pope and Young. Right. And when I start looking, when you go, if you ever go to a Pope and Young convention and you walk the floor, and like this year they're gonna have the trophy tower, world record trophy tower in that building, and I mean it's gonna be so amazing and so jaw dropping that when you look at some of that stuff, you just think, man. Hope someday I can shoot a record like that. Well, why can't I recreate something so that you can? You can. Yeah, I mean, right. obviously, you're not going to hang it in your room, but you'll get the feeling, you get the understanding of what that was like, and and I think that <coughs> that situation. That's I'm telling you, that's I just I, I think it's pretty neat. And then yeah. if you recreate the shot and you recreate what who, what's what's funny is a lot of people are going to think, oh, in your mind you kind of think a world record, man, it had to have been a crazy shot. But when you go back through and look at most of these world record shots, they weren't crazy. Twelve yards. They were great ethical <laughs> shots. They were they were they these animals were truly hunted by some of the best. You know, I mean, none of this is high fence stuff. None of this. This is all fair chase, Pope and Young ethical stuff. And so, I think it's just cool. You know, that's kind of the advertising slogan, right? You want to shoot a world record? Sweet, come shoot twenty nine of them. <laughs> you know, that's a yeah, that's a genius idea, man. So, the passion with the Pope and Young thing for you, where does that is that something that you've always you know, for me. I, I try to pick an organization and, and we're in this weird tumultuous time when it comes to conservation organizations and making those decisions where to put our money and it's just crazy right? yeah and, and then all the scrutiny that everyone and their mothers under how did how did that come about with Pope and Young and why are you so passionate about you know there? I when I, I shot a mule deer that I that I entered um, and uh, a nice, beautiful velvet muley, 174 inches, just a beautiful specimen, had only an inch and a quarter deductions. I mean, I called it the monarch. I mean, it was just almost like a perfect butterfly, right? Perfect on each side. It was amazing animal. So I put it in there, and so then I got invited to the convention in Phoenix. And so I was like, okay. And really, when my taxidermist, John Gardner, says, you should enter this in Pope and Young, I mean, he was actually an officer in Pope and Young, and, and things like that. And so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I just nonchalantly kind of brushed it off and said, all right, I'll enter it. And then I was like, well, if my deer is going to be at this convention, then maybe I should go. You know, it's on display, so I might as well go. And so I went to this convention, and then when I started meeting people, and I saw this room, and I started hearing about ethics and the conservation and the fair chase and just these different things that they that, that they promote. I mean, everybody thinks that Pope and Young is a record book club. It couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, they do a ton. And think about the heritage, the museum, with Fred Bear and Mr. Young and all this. And I mean, without Pope and Young... Well, I shouldn't say without it. Pope and Young are the reason why we were able to prove to game and fish departments in the country that archery was a lethal means of take, an ethical means of take, right? And so that was huge. That's huge for bow hunting. And so when I started looking back through the ethics and the heritage of, of what that meant and what they did for me to be an archer today, 
it just resonated with me that I need to be a part of that club because I feel that anybody that's an archer should be a part of Pope and Young um, because they do great work with kids. They do great work, and, and, and they're the only – they are our only national bow hunting club in the United, in North America. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's truly their gig. And so, you know, when I was at that convention, I was just like, man, I dig this, man. You know, and uh, I like these people. I like this club. I like what I see here. I like what's happening. There's no way you can go to a convention and not walk out of there wanting to be a member of Pope and Young. It's in, there's no way. So I always encourage people. And even, you know, people have heard in the podcast before with me is that I think you should you should be a part of a local club. You should be. You should go help Absolutely out. Go set up to 3D be. targets. Go be a part of a club. Be a part of a, a range. Be a part of something locally that's making a difference. Okay? Then be a part of your state bowhunters association. Go to the banquet. Go support what they're doing. They're legislating for you every day on the state's behalf to help make sure that we maintain bow hunting and on a state level. Then you should do something nationally. You know? And you know, and you may be a rifle hunter, you may be a you know a public land guy. I mean, look, it doesn't matter, but be involved in something, right? You gotta be. But I think, but I, hands down, I just think if you're an archer, you should be in public. I'm gonna have to look at it, because that's, you know? uh, it, it, it speaks volumes knowing where you come from and how passionate you are about what you do, um, and to see the amount of support you give them, and, and how, I mean, just talking right now, how adamant you are about supporting them, yeah, says and, a lot. And so, you know, come, going to them and talking to them about what we were doing with math and having them be a presenting partner, and, and then my idea about the Pope and Young course and different actions we take, you know, they're, they're, get, they're gung-ho, because, you know, Pope and Young's missing, I'm young, I'm young in Pope and Young, mm -hmm. that's not good. It's not, that's not good. You know, we don't have a bunch of 20 year olds, 30 year olds, you know, in that club. And so I felt like what we're doing with math, we reach that audience. We reach that family. We reach, we reach the women. We reach the people that can help make that difference happen there. And we're doing it on that grassroots level that Pope and Young has never been a part of in order to reach them because Pope and Young kind of just got a little disengaged about how to reach right. these new hunters that's all and so we're finding ways to bridge that gap and make that's it work that's awesome man you know? that, and, that, and that's a I hate getting cliche it seems like I do it a lot um but that is an effort towards conservation. That yeah, is an effort towards continuing this on um, when we do things like that and, and just bridging that that gap or that divide that you're doing is is a big service to that and pushing it. Right. Um, hunting, man. Hunt. <laughs> we, we're at Gotta a hunting convention. Hunt. What, uh, how did last year look for you? What do you got on the docket this year? How does, how does math play? <coughs> into all that because I know that's kicking your butt time-wise. Yeah, um, so, let's see, I don't know. I'd have to ask my wife how many tags <laughs> we had last year that didn't get put in the freezer. But, um, you know, last year I got my first turkey with my bow. Um, I spent nine years hunting turkeys with my bow. Uh, I had hit one before, and it, and it caught flight off a cliff. I watched it pile up, and I thought for sure it was dead, so I went and wheeled my arrow out of the tree, and when I got down there, my turkey was gone. <laughs> uh, and then I've missed quite a few, and uh, finally I was able to make a connection happen, and I'm, and I'm stoked, dude. I, I shot a four-bearded turkey 
main beard, 10 and a half inches, a seven inch and a four and a half and a three inch beard all on one turkey. <laughs> so I don't know if it was worth the nine years of pulling my hair out and wanting to toss my bow <laughs> off the cliff, but uh, but it was pretty awesome. And then uh, I had some I, I had some great hunting last year. You know, I had a I had a over the counter elk tag, archery elk tag, and um, I had a son that had one. I had a daughter that had one. Uh, I shot a bull opening day. I shot Waldo. Waldo's my my bull. <laughs> Everybody can steal that because it's pretty fun, I think. I mean, because every time you go in the woods, it's like you don't say, I wonder where that milk are. You say, oh, where's Waldo? <laughs> so, anyway, I fat Waldo came in opening day. Uh, I gave Waldo, I, I sent an arrow at Waldo. Uh, I caught a fletching on this little rail. I was shooting out of a, I was shooting off a dock and it kind of had a shooting rail across it because they, they sling plays off of it. Anyway, I think I, I think I bumped that rail with a vein, um, but there's no video proof. So really, I just made a bad shot. But that's my story. I'm stick to <laughs> stick it. Stick to it, man. Uh, I shot him high, high shoulder, right in that tri blade part, and um, never found my arrow. Never found him. Spent days and days looking for that bull, and um, but I was kind of on a tight piece of private that branched off into Ute, Ute land. Indian land and so it was, it's hard to scout on Indian land because <laughs> you're not allowed to yeah. uh, it's hard to find your kill on Indian land because you're not allowed to And um, but anyway about 10 days into rifle season a uh, rifle hunter ended up shooting Waldo they found him they got him uh, that front left quarter all nasty that broadhead made it through the through that front shoulder but just not far enough right uh, enough to ruin a bunch of meat on him but at anyway. least you know you made it yeah I couldn't it. believe it I couldn't yeah I couldn't believe when the outfitter showed me the picture and was like yeah we found this bull and I'm like that's Waldo and they were like what yeah yeah well yeah it had a broadhead in it yeah and then they were all mad at me like yeah you are tree hunters man you just moon <laughs> shit you know and I was like well you know it's part it's of the game, part of the game I, I, but there's there's rifle hunters every year that's my first elk in 11 years I never found you know, so I was heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, then I took my kids hunting on some elk. We did some high mountain stuff, some overnight and stuff, and we had a great time, good hunts. Uh, didn't get anything done there. Uh, I had a mule deer tag in my pocket. I, I had some private around my house that I got the opportunity to hunt a couple thousand acres um, we'd seen some mule deer I get a lot of animals through my property but they don't necessarily stay so they end up down here I mean this 2,000 acres is literally a quarter mile from my house and so because of the size of the property that's where they they just pass through mine and go there but so anyway I hunted a big ass mule deer there I made a killer stock on this monster 200 inch deer I got about 60 yards away I was crawling I was crawling I'd gone about 40 yards crawled around a building uh, thinking okay this is falling down barn if I can get around it and get to that sagebrush right there I should be in the 40 mark he's laying down he doesn't know I exist yet I can make it he's wide open good shot uh, leg out like I, it was perfect and uh, so I get to that thing I range him he's 62 I'm like okay I'm gonna go around this fallen barn I'm crawling around this fallen barn no sooner I crawl around turn my head around that fallen barn there's two bucks laying on the other side of that wall and all hell broke loose man every buck i didn't even see all the other bucks in that canyon so anyway i chased him up out through this pasture watching him giving me nothing but you know white butt pouncing off and i was standing there and there was this crazy storm coming in and uh 
next thing I know, I'm standing out there and I'm just, I'm just standing there pissed off. Let's just be honest. I was just like, son of a bitch, right? I mean, damn. And I was sulking in my, my own self pity. <laughs> and, uh, and then next thing you know, man, Somebody shot him. No, dude. Lightning about less than 100 yards from me hit the ground, dude. I fell over. I mean, it knocked me on my knees. So I jump up, and I'm like, I mean, no sooner hail. Like, it's just coming, and I'm running for the tree that that deer was under to get out of this pasture. Because I'm the tallest thing in the pasture at this point. No, I barely get to that tree. Boom! Another one right just north of me. And then I think to myself, what the hell am I doing under this tree? So then I run a little further down in the gully, and I poke my head like an ostrich in this big sagebrush, try to get out of the hail. And it's hitting, hitting. And my, I, I had literally just downloaded a lightning app like a couple weeks before that because we were watching Macross, I think, or something like that. And then, you know, any lightning within a 10-mile radius, right, because they shut it down, right? So we were all the parents were looking on their own apps like, where would that hit? Where would that hit? My phone is vibrating like crazy. And I pull it out, and it's lightning near you, lightning strike near you, lightning strike near you, lightning strike near you, right? You know, sir, and then then here comes a text from my wife. Are you are you okay? And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I've almost <laughs> been struck by lightning five times. I've, I literally had five strikes of lightning within 100 yards from me. Oh, man. In, like, two minutes. You know, and I just sat there, my hair on my arms raised up, and I was just like, what the hell? So then I got out of there, but, you know, I I, I got, so in the meantime of hunting these deer on this property, next thing I know, there's a whole herd of elk on this property. I didn't even know it was there. So then my deer hunting quickly went into elk hunting for the last 12 days of the season, because, you know, and I... I got totally schooled. I had been telling myself I wanted to hunt herd bull. I wanted to try to have the opportunity. I mean, I sit water the first weekend every year because that's still a summer pattern. So it's a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. But typically after that first weekend, then I go into, uh, you know, just your normal calling and high mountain stuff and things like that. But so anyway, I was hunting this herd bull down there. and um, After I had, I had the first couple days I could have killed him. But I thought, well, I'm going to pattern him. No one's on this property. I'm this, that. And I kind of was like, I mean, I was within 35 yards of him a couple times in some thick trees. But I was totally stalking him silent, just paralleling him, figuring out where he's bedding, what he's doing. I was just trying to learn him because I had 12 days and no one else hunting him. And uh, then on the third day, my whole world, the day I thought I was going to cut him off, two days he did the same thing. Third day, I lined it out to where I'd be in his way, and I was going to get him, and he never showed up. So I cut back across my tracks, and I ended up finding a brand new fresh mountain lion kill, a fawn and a coyote. At first, I saw the coyote, and I walked down the hill to this coyote, and I kick it, and I'm like, I think it's a limp. I'm thinking, who the hell's hunting coyotes out here? No one's supposed to be out here doing nothing but me. And I'm like, and I literally touched the inside of that coyote's mouth and it was still hot. And then I looked around, I'm like, and I seen this deer cast kind of buried and I was like, oh shit, man. I started looking around and kitty tracks all over the place. And I just started looking up, <laughs> looking up, where's that cat, man? You know, cause he, I mean, he just killed the coyote for coming to get his cash. So he ain't far. And then hunting that hunting that that mountain lion showed up, dude. Everything got all turned inside out. And then I ended up hunting that bull every morning, every night, and I was refinishing the cabinets in our kitchen. You know, and this kind of gets us back to balance. Um, and lo and behold, I that bull skirted me a handful of times, and I nicknamed him Joker. 
because he'd chuckle at me and then he'd vanish off the face of the earth. <laughs> so anyway, hunting for me was fantastic. I didn't get, I didn't, you know, didn't get an elk this year, but had some great hunts with my kids and had a good time. And, um, you know, that just led me into a lot of balance, working on the kitchen, doing remodels of the bathroom and stuff. I've never... You asked me the three years before that if I was going to be even home during hunting season, and there's no chance in hell. Um, and so, but you know, that's the crazy thing is that I was able to do some work with my wife in the kitchen, doing those cabinets, and, and be part of my family a little bit more in hunting season that I never had been before. And yet, I still had some amazing hunting. I learned a, I learned a ton this year doing that. Um, now, to finish the last part of your question, math. Uh, I don't know this year what it's going to look like. I mean, I, I'm I'm sitting on enough points I could draw a sheep, a goat, and a prime archery tag and elk. So um, I'm going to put in for all three and see what happens. See where it takes you. Um, I'm going I'm to go in on the, uh, putting in for New Mexico this year for elk. And... Um, my luck, I'll get all four and I'll be totally screwed. And everything we're talking about with balance will be out the window. I'll be living in a camper. I'll be divorced. And we'll be podcasting here next year. And, and I'll, I may not be alive. See that look? <laughs> I get that look, too. <laughs> no, I highly doubt I could do that. But, um, you know, where I live, Elk just went uh, to the draw for archery. There's only a few places that are going that that's happening, and Southwest Colorado is where it's at because we've got three herds down there that aren't doing very well. Um, so they're doing some things and some restructuring there. So um, I don't plan on elk hunting this year in uh, our neck of the woods. If time allows me, I'll buy an over-the-counter tag and head a little bit more north and try to work on it. But you know, I'm just going to kind of kick back and see if this goat or sheep deal comes through with Colorado. And then um, I could draw that New Mexico first year. I probably will draw it by the second year. Um, and then I'm just really this year, more than likely, I probably won't draw any of it, to be honest. But And then I can just focus on my kids. You know, I mean, I have more fun hunting with my kids than I do with the guys, to be honest with you right oh, now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally in that world right now. Like, uh, I can't get enough of taking that. My daughter, Stephanie, decided she was going to elk hunt last year and got her set up in my old, my Bowtech Prodigy, got her lined out. Man, she's shooting so good. And um, it was, a, it was thrilling to watch her this year uh, in the woods. It was great. So do you think, <clears throat> There's a there's a part of it that is that father's pride, right? Um, that's our kid. We love to see them do something, um, succeed. But I think there's more than just your kid playing lacrosse or like you know my daughter was a soccer athlete, my son was a football athlete, and as much welling as we do with that, there's something spectacular and next level outside of that welling and that father's pride when you take them on the mountain or into the woods. Yeah, but I can't explain that or I can't make sense of it in my head. Well, watching your kid out in the field, being coached by someone or even if you're an assistant coach or things like that, um, watching them out on the field is, it's different than being side by side with them 
working through a journey, an adventure um, that is an emotional roller coaster. Okay, there's, you know, I mean, there's high, the highs and lows are epic in every direction. And, and then if you have the opportunity to take an animal's life together and watching that next level of emotional hit, then, you know, it's, um, there's, I had that, that pride because I can't teach my son everything about football. I can't teach him everything about wrestling. But I can surely take him out in the woods and teach him everything I know about hunting. Right. You know, and can I teach him everything I know about football? Yeah. But it's not the same because we're not doing it together, so to speak. And I don't, I don't have helmet pads on and I'm not, you know. Hitting them. And I, and I think that, that with... There's, there's things that we can directly translate from hunting into life. Yeah. Right? The perseverance and, and fighting through those hardships, um, the ethics and values in life. So, I, for at least for me, I think that's where a lot of that stems from. Because I used to be a big believer in, you know, when, like, especially with my daughter. I mean, she's a high-level athlete, right? College, scholarship, the whole nine. Right. Um, and I used to try and relate it to that. And... I, don't, I still don't think those lessons are there like they are on the mountain or in the woods. You know, there's some crossovers between them, right? There's, you know, there's discipline and there's different things that, you know, there's lots of crossover between high-level sports or any sport and hunting. But the difference is, is that, you know, you're, you're doing something that is a lot more emotional than when you're hunting because you're trying to kill something. You know, you're never on the court or on the field. You're never really intentionally trying to hurt anything. Right. So it's another level of emotion and, and all, some grief and some celebration and some translation of life. Because you're talking, you're not talking about winning the Super Bowl. You're talking about, you're talking about you know, taking a life and, and, and honoring that in which you've done and feeding your family or representing it on a wall. I mean, it's a, it's a much deeper scenario. Um, and so when you're doing something that, I mean, the only other thing that I can relate it to that's as dramatic or as empowering is watching a woman, watching your wife give birth to your child because it's, it's, it's the opposite. They're giving life. We're taking a life. It's they're both equally dramatic right. and, and emotional, and, and, and extremely emotional. Um, and when you're doing that with a child, you, you're watching this happen within their mind because look, there's some mental pieces there that they have to be able to overcome mm -hmm. because it's not easy to do, right? And I think that that's some of the connections that you gave life to that. You're passing this on. We're working together to take this life, to make life, to for life Sustain to continue, life, right. right? And you're and you're working through that and it's physical it's emotional it's 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 just that intimate for me you know i don't get the chance anymore to lay on the same level as my kid and look at him in a sleeping bag and be like good night son i love you right you don't do that at home. It's like, yeah, a little man hug. He goes his way, you go your way. You know, even my daughters, it's like, I don't get that anymore. It, 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 that hasn't happened since they were 10, 9, when we used to do slumber deals on the living room floor, right? So some of that comes back into play too. 
you know and and to be honest with you you know like my son or my daughter when we're out hunting they're equally as good a shot as i am we're on the same level here right you look you're definitely leveling that playing field we're, we're leveling it out yeah. you know and i, I just that's it's you're right. It's hard to take that emotion and that mind and feeling and put and lay it out to where it just like all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And but I just don't think that it's not. You're, not all of us. You don't have to make sense. Of I was going to say it. we don't need to make sense. You don't of it. need to. You just need to be in that moment and just feel it yeah. and live it Enjoy and soak it, it up yeah. because yeah. It, it because tomorrow may not come. That's right. Yeah, you don't know when you're going to get that honey. That's right. You know. That uh, you know that. But do we lose on the camera? I'm fine. That we have plenty of visual. <coughs> um. So yeah, I you know yeah, I love talking to fathers and what they do and how they do different things out in the woods and you know what's what's your favorite thing to hunt? Is it elk? It's elk. Now it's elk. Same here. Yeah. I think anything that you can talk to. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that animal, yeah. man. And, and turkeys and elk, man. Well, you know, so turkey. I, I'm not rubbing nothing in. I'm jabbing you a little bit, but it's easy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thanks, bro. <laughs> elk, on the other hand. Son of a bitch, man. Right? It is, uh, it has me enamored in a way that I never, what? The camera. On the camera. Yeah. Um, has me enamored in such a way that I can't even make sense of it. Right. You know, it is just, you go out there and we did, we, we planned to do 16 days, we ended up doing 11. My boy was just, he was spent. And it was to the point, yeah, he was done. Physically, he was done. Mentally, he was like, dad, I'll keep going if you want. And I'm, I don't want him to hate him. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and, a fine line there. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were treading that line and I was treading that line a couple times. And when we decided to call it, and we were beat. I mean, I think I lost 15 or 16 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was, we got, we started loading up, and I go, where are we going next year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we get back here this Yeah, season? can we you know duplicate I mean? this and yeah, work off of what we learned here? Yeah, it's, right? it's just an amazing thing that you can't, it won't. You, I, and I've tried it. I've tried to settle this oh, thing no. down, and you cannot settle yeah, it down. Tough, man. You cannot yeah. settle it down. I I find myself right now I'm pretty overly consumed with Mountain Archery Fest right now. Like I mean, everything I do, every I. I even driving up here last night, you know, I mean, me and Callie were having some conversation, and then we'd jam out a little bit, and she'd close her eyes, and we'd talk a little bit, and it was like, if she wasn't talking to me, now a hundred miles an hour in my brain about Mountain Archery Fest, man. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to do that? And what's this? And what's that? And how do I plan that? And how, you know, I started doing these event director videos, because I kind of need to spit some of this stuff out. But I got to get a lot more stuff recorded and I got to get some stuff written down. Because I've even got guys in my board that are like, I tell them things and they're like, well, one of our last board meetings we had, I invited a new guy to come sit on the board, him and his wife. And our board's all basically constructed of married men with kids of all di- all ages and then one single guy. And... Um, and I'm spitting all this stuff out, and Kevin's like, "Whoa, whoa, bro, you got, you got that written down, right?" And I just looked at him, and I'm like, "No, man." He's all, 
No, seriously. I said, no, it's all up here. And he's like, it's all in your head? And I said, yeah. He's like, how the hell does that all work up there? Yeah. Like, how do you keep track of this shit? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I write stuff down in a spiral notebook every day, <clears throat> try to come back, cross over. But like, when I talk about the event and I talk about this competition and these kinds of things, like, these guys have no idea what the hell I'm talking about because I haven't written it down yet. <laughs> and, um, so I'm sure that's where you're at with Elk. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and, uh, I'll tell you, um, elk are amazing creatures and they are, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm at the point now where I'm really ready to go hunt sheep and goat. I mean, I haven't mastered elk, don't think that. But right now I'm kind of in this thing where I want to go a little higher, I want to go a little harder, I want to go a little rougher. I want to try to get into that some of that area and try to get some of that. Um, because you talk to anybody that hunts sheep, they're like, oh, once you go sheep, that's it. That's it, man. Like, you're a sheep head. Right now you're an elk head, yeah. you know? And... Uh, I don't know. We'll see, man. I mean, I, but I feel you. It's Elk crazy. is a crazy gig, man. I there, and you know, I'm so lucky where I live. I mean, I can be, I can drive 45 minutes. I can leave my house at 7,500 feet, and I can be at 12,000 feet in 45 minutes. And there, and there are elk from my front door to the top All of that mountain. Yeah, you last know? year they were hiding in Colorado pretty bad. They killed us. We yeah, had, we had you know, some heat. There's, we had high winds. I mean, a lot of people just, said that, but then, then again, most of the bulls that I know got killed in my county came at seven thousand feet. And we were just above. We were like, we were seventy-six to ninety-eight, and we had, I had three encounters, one shot opportunity. Right. And it went clear over his back. Well, I'll tell you what, you had three encounters. Yeah. And you had a shot opportunity. Yeah. I bet if you go in this booth right here, right now, and ask everybody that, I can promise you that you're in the high 90s percentile of, of possibility of success. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. But I tell you what, <laughs> you drive 168 miles and talk that talk to yourself going home empty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, and on the wheel, yeah. just oh. uh, you know, that's yeah, like I say, I'm pretty lucky. I can I can hunt a lot of stuff not far from my house, right. and uh, you know, and I I barely hunted out of the state of Colorado. I've been in Utah and, and New Mexico, and um, and that's it. Um, so I mean, I've got a ton to learn. Way more adventure in front of me in my life, that's for sure. And you know, we're just. You know, we just gotta take it one day at a time, man. That's it, man. Right? You know, and that's just kind of work, work it out, and hope for the best. You know, and that's the thing, man. I mean, look, I know guys that have hunted the last five years and haven't even gotten a true encounter. I mean, oh yeah, there's some elk two miles from here, but like as far as a bow hunter, if they had an elk within 50, 60 yards, not for a handful of years. You know, yeah, no, I'm so yeah, feel feel blessed in what you oh, have last year. Me. But you're just gonna have to work on those pieces to make that success come a little yeah, bit yeah. better. That's that's right? the key, and and that's one of the things. Like you know, in that 2020 hindsight, um, looking at elk as a newer elk hunter, right? I've been hunting deer for 20 plus years. For whatever reason, with elk. As I'm researching and, and learning and growing, you don't see aggressive practices, 
right? It's call them in, hang back, do this, do that. And that's where I went wrong. Go for broke, baby. You got it, right? And right. I'm looking at myself and I go, if I would have treated that elk hunt like a mule deer hunt or a blacktail hunt, I probably would have had that elk. <laughs> yep. You, you like, at least in hindsight, you at least think, yeah. There and, and look, I have I can say the same thing having hunted elk for 10 plus years. I can say the same thing about last year with Joker. I had two days, dude. I was, I was on his ass. But I wasn't aggressive. I should have went in there first day. Should have, when I was 35 yards from him, I should have blasted him with a bugle. I should have stomped through those trees and walked up and shot him shot because him. he would have. It would he would have played because he had 16 cows with him. He would have freaking. He would. Yeah. But no, 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 Mr. Twinkle Toes here. <laughs> dip around. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna make sure it's just right. Shit, nothing's just right. You gotta go for it. And that's what I keep saying. I, I keep telling myself, and I've said it before, is what's what's worst case scenario you're gonna you get aggressive and you leave unpunched or you don't get aggressive and you leave unpunched unpunched. okay at least when you got aggressive you knew that you did you gave it all 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 of it right right yeah that's it you know and uh i'll tell you i I don't know if you ever done Corey jacobson's elk 101 yes do that thing that hit those volumes and everything he has in there is money and you look at him and you look at i know a couple other people that kind of come from that whole rocky mountain elk call thing that aggressiveness and things like that and they're all everybody will tell them man you bugle too much man you bugle too much no well you know what i'm here to play and I'm going to find one that's wanting to play, too. Right. And, you know, otherwise, what are you going to do? Are you just going to hang out? That's what it Wait for to. them to get it together? <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to roll the dice and wait for the elk to want to die? They don't do that. You know, so you got to make, you got to push it and make it happen. Yeah. That's a call and make, be aggressive. Yeah. yeah. You just, you just got to, I talked to uh, Tony Wintrip, the elk singer. Yeah. And that's uh, one of his, his models, just elk elk. And I go, man, if I would have just helped it, I'd be a dead animal, man. At least I would know. You know what I mean? It just, uh, well, it's like you're saying, when you're gripping that steering wheel going home 160 some miles, when you laid it all out there, you can loosen your grip a little bit more because oh, yeah. you did what you could. Yeah. You, did what you I thought did, I should. You did what you were in control of being able to do to the fullest extent. Except so getting you, aggressive. So you can, ex- <laughs> so you can accept that. Well, when you do that, then right. you can, then you can accept that ride right. home a little bit exactly. easier, right? Yeah. It's, it's always an easier pill to swallow. It was, it was 98%. Right. <laughs> the other 2% to not be in a group. Yeah. Well, it just didn't happen. You know, but, you know, and then you, you know, and your missed shot over its back. Well, that comes with, that you know comes that, with practice and no, time. No, that was and, a bad range. So, okay. we, we had, we were coming out of timber. We were, I mean, it, daylight just barely was breaking. And I hear elk. And we look up and, and 48 yards up the hill, okay, we had we had a, a calf coming out and then two cows. So we stopped and, and the, one of the guys that was with us, he was first shooter on cow, my boy was first shooter on bull. So this calf, she turns down and she starts walking to us. And I'm like, knock, knock an arrow, knock an arrow, knock an arrow. Yeah. And he's down and he's like this and he's, I mean, he's frozen. His eyes he's, are yeah, he's, big. He's elk strip. Yeah, and he's looking <laughs> at this elk and he's just, frozen catatonic frozen right and then i see 
bull come out. And he's a he's a tall, tall. I mean, his skyscraping time. And oh, and I looked at my boy, and nobody's moving. And I just knock one. I yeah, can range go, him, go range him. And my boy puts it up, and he I think he told me. I think he told me sixty three yards. It was something like that. Sixty some odd yards. I dialed that thing in, drew back. He took a step. He opened that shoulder up. Boom. And I, man, that bow didn't drop. And I'm watching, and I'm like, "Where's my arrow?" It's gone. Where's my arrow? Right in the here. Like, wow, real hollow sounded. Like, wow. And I'm like, that wasn't an elk. Yeah. That was an animal. That was a hollow damn log. So I looked at my boy and I go, "What's your range?" And he goes, "Dad, the thing was all over the place. <laughs> it gave me 118. <laughs> yeah, it gave me 118 yards, 70 yards, this yard. I did quick like, math. I did quick average, Dad. <laughs> yes. Gave him four different yardages. He goes, and that one just looked right. Oh, I looked at him, and that was a that was a rule we established on. On the way up five minutes before and five minutes after say whatever you want to say back and forth no hard feelings okay. and you man i wouldn't why you misrange that <laughs> that's so hard yeah oh, that's so hard man. man so we sit there you know and i had to be sure so we go and we try to you know we, we grit out and we're looking for any little speck of blood i know i, did, I don't drop my pen i'm good with that i kept everything i never saw the arrow enter the elbow and uh, I said, well, give me the range finder. And I ranged back down, man. And he was 48 yards. Yeah. And he gave me high 60s. And it just went clear. Yeah, clear, clear miss for sure. Yeah. And it took it took a little while for him to, uh, for me to be okay, you know. And I looked at him. I said, hey, sorry. You know, sorry for getting yeah. excited. And he goes, no, Dad, I get it. I'm sorry for screwing up. And we just moved on yeah, and kept going, good. man. That's good. You know, and that's, that's the height of emotions. That's that roller coaster, man. You know. And, uh you guys will be able to talk about that for forever, man. Yeah. Making memories. Making memories is where it's at. Yeah. It's where it's at. It's an amazing thing. You know? I love it. Well, man, I thank you so much. I thank you. Nice I to appreciate meet you it. And have yeah, us on. Man, I'm glad. So much, uh, man. It's like I said, it's funny to, to try and catch you last year, just fanboying, and then to be able to sit down and you know, kind of take your spot, if you will, um, while you you know while you're busy and on to the. Ah, uh, you know man, what? So. It's it's not mine. Now it's ours. I, I appreciate it's that, our man. spot, yeah, man. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's initial sense spot, and I hope that there's I hope there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasters signatures. Uh, and podcasts. I mean, this is pretty cool. I'm gonna have to get a picture Sunday of this table again, and with all the new signatures. I mean, yeah. there's some in here that you can't even hardly read. Yeah, they just they fade a little bit. Yeah, fade a little bit. And that's the other thing too is like I kind of want to like we can all go back and do, figure out the podcast, and we we'll know who was all on here. Right. You know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I got the list. Yep. So I'm gonna cool stuff. Yeah, I'm awesome. proud of you, man. I'm glad you're here. I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, you want to elk hunt out in my neck of the woods? Make it come. I'm let me know. Have to hit you up, man. Let I, me know. I think I'm gonna end up in Colorado again this year. Yeah, yeah. So Where'd you go this last time? Uh, we were in '62. '62. Yeah. yeah. All right. I thought it was a good pick. You know, right on the other side of '61. Right. It was pretty you much. Think? You know. Yeah, that's a premier unit. It's it's a beautiful unit. Um, we were up on the plateau, and uh, I mean the sign was there. We had plenty of sign. We yeah. had, You know, rub and everything. And it was just. Nah, that's a good. Uh, I, I contribute a lot of it to the really. I mean, we had horrible winds on that plateau yeah, I mean, hard winds oh man yeah, every day was 20 to 30 and then i think the only day or two that wasn't it was 40 plus 
kicked our ass. That wind sucked. Yeah. A couple days we had to pull out of the woods early because everything is just falling. Just falling, just falling. And yeah. It's like, you know what? If it was me, I'd have made the bonehead decision to stay out there. Yeah, and you might be a widowmaker boy there in yeah. the woods. Well, then I got my boy with me. Yeah. Right. Everything changes when yeah. you have your kids. 800 You make different decisions. Yeah, so. I feel you. But yeah, man, I'll hit you on that. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Look forward to hitting up. Uh, I think I'm going to do New Mexico. Yeah, brand. There's that, uh, the kid that I did the uh, podcast with recently, Diego, Main Beam Addiction. Huh? And uh, I want to try and get get down there and just shoot with him, even if it's just for a Saturday. Sweet. So I'm going to try and do that and get down there and, and uh, enjoy enjoy a map shoot, man. Well, you're definitely welcome to roll out there, buddy. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah. it. Tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts, and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science to help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry. There's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at V2P Nutrition.